Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor behind SteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride Your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. It is Wednesday. It is hump day. Happy hump day, everyone. We are halfway through the work week. I hope that you've had a great week so far, and there's a lot of Steelers news to dive into, as we always do. Before we get into all the news and the happenings at mandatory minicamp with the Pittsburgh Steelers, I want to remind you. BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, we are connected. We are one and the same. The podcast network and the website, all a part of SB Nation. Make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. And if you're just happening to catch this podcast on that website or maybe on my Twitter feed, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, you name it, we're there. All you have to do is search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. And you'll find us. And we appreciate it. We appreciate all the love and support. My Ride or Die crew is the best. You all delivered a lot of good questions for the second half of this show in the mailbag, as you always do every Wednesday. But before we get to all that, let's talk about the news first. So the Pittsburgh Steelers finally, finally released their dates for training camp. Now, we had known for a while that the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to be back at St. Vincent College in Latrobe, Pennsylvania for the first time since 2019, and they finally announced that they will report, the Pittsburgh Steelers, that is, will report on July 27th, and they will have practice sessions basically almost daily until August 18th when camp breaks. And all practices are 1.55 p.m. The Friday Night Lights practice, for those that want to go to Latrobe High School, that is... 7 p.m. August 5th. Obviously, that's a Friday. That's why they call it Friday Night Lights. So if you're tra- if you're scheduling a trip to St. Vincent College to be there for the first time since everything got shut down in 2020, July 27th is the very first practice. The players will be showing up. They'll be working out. It's going to be a lot of fun. And that's some big news. That is some big news. The camp dates have finally been announced. I know one Dave Schofield is finally relieved that he knows when training camp is actually going to begin. What began Tuesday was mandatory minicamp, which is a little bit different. The Steelers can run 11-on-11 drills. There's still no pads. Uh, They had some really funky helmet pads on. It made them look like, uh, reminded me of Darth Helmet from uh, Spaceballs, Rick Moranis' character. Uh, Just some really weird, I get why they're doing it. It's protection for players so that they don't bump into their helmets, don't bump into one another and cause head injuries. Also, things like quarterbacks, if they're following through and they hit the helmet, they're not going to injure their hands. I know the reason why, but still, it just looks really, really goofy. But you know what? Mike Tomlin talked, and he was asked finally, and I talked about this on Monday, in regards to what happened to the last week of OTAs. And this was actually something that I, I had Alan Saunders on the podcast on Monday. And after we got off the air, I was just talking to him about, you know, what's going on and how everything's going. And I asked him the same question that I had asked Dave Schofield and everyone else. And that is what happened to week three of OTAs? They're supposed to have 10 workouts. They only do six. They bump up mandatory minicamp. And Alan had told me that's something that, you know, one of us, meaning the the media reporters that are there at camp, well, we're going to ask Tomlin for sure. And he did get asked. He was asked, why what happened like what happened from for workout seven through ten 
And he said that that was their decision. And they said, well, whose decision was it? He said, it was mine, personal preference. So really weird, really weird set of circumstances that for some reason the Steelers now went from 10 organized team activity workouts in phase three to only six, and now they're doing three mandatory minicamp workouts this week. So interesting. I just wanted to mention that. Also, he was asked about what the main, what is the main thing that he's looking for during minicamp, and he talked about communication, whether it's the offensive line, the quarterback, the running backs, every single level of this team. He talked about how communication on defense from the back end to the front seven is absolutely paramount. He said, well, that is the one thing that they can really hone their focus on when they can't actually hit. He said, you know, there's not a lot of stuff going on right now in regards to that they can glean from from a physicality standpoint. They just can't. He said, because we can't hit. They're not wearing pads. But communication is something they can work on. thought it was really interesting. He was asked about what what the transition has been like going to Omar Khan and Andy Weidel. And he said, hey, we all went out to dinner the other night. He's talking about all the scouting departments, personnel people, Omar Khan himself. He said, quote, unquote, we're just dating, which I thought was hysterical. And he said that they're still, quote, honeymooning. So he, you know, he's, he was having a good time with the media. He was laughing, seemed to be in good spirits. And he did continue to mention as they were you know, kind of poking and prodding certain questions. He said, this is, there is no challenge. There's no challenge here. Because they aren't wearing pads. They're not doing anything that is of a physical nature that would somehow, some way, be indicative of actual football. So he said that's going to come with camp. And speaking of training camp, that's what this is all about. This podcast, at least the first half, is all about training camp. And I was thinking about this as Mike Tomlin was talking to the media. And I could not get out of my head the fact that this 2022 training camp is going to be absolutely must-watch. And there's so many reasons why this upcoming camp is going to be must-watch. Whether you're going to be tuning in to watch them, I'm sure they'll have cameras set up, and anyone with an internet connection can watch them go through stretches and warm-ups and Missy Matthews and whoever she has on with her on that specific day. can You can watch them go through individual drills. They won't show the team drills, if maybe you're going to St. Vincent, like I mentioned earlier with the dates, you'll definitely get to see it. But this preseason and this training camp is going to be must-watch for so many reasons. For so many reasons. So I actually wrote a lot of reasons down why this Steelers camp is just going to be so different. There is so much uncertainty. And I understand that some of that uncertainty hasn't happened for a long time. And we'll, we'll talk about the quarterbacks, and that's a, one of the main reasons why there's some uncertainty. But there are so many other positions where there's uncertainty. And there's a lot of fans that say, well, Jeff, that could be a reason why this team, you shouldn't have high hopes. And I understand that. But that also is why fans should be glued to their computers, glued to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, wondering how are these specific narrative storylines and battles playing out. and Because it is going to completely sh- reshape the Pittsburgh Steelers 2022 season on how these things break out. It's going to be, I'm extremely excited. So let's get this thing started talking about the quarterbacks. 
This quarterback competition is going to be the first open competition at the quarterback position the Steelers have had since Ben Roethlisberger was selected 11th overall in the 2004 NFL Draft. And even then, if you think back, if you're old enough to remember that when Ben was drafted, you know that it really wasn't a camp competition. Roethlisberger showed up a little late. They, that was back when quarterbacks and first-round draft picks, there was a lot of contract negotiations. Finally gets to camp. No one ever thought that he was going to play as a rookie. Everyone just assumed that Tommy Maddox was going to be the guy. We'll see how it plays out. People forget also that 2003, the Steelers finished 6-10. and Not good. And I think there was a growing sense of, well, Roethlisberger will take over sooner or later. Nonetheless, this year, 2022, there seems to be an open competition, at least in some way, shape, or form, at the quarterback position. And it is going to be really, really interesting to see how Mike Tomlin handles it, the repetitions that are divided uh, with team drills in the preseason. Is it Mitch Trubisky 1? Is it Mason Rudolph 2? Is it Kenny Pickett 3? Do they mix that order up? It's... I can't talk about quarterbacks enough. You know if you listen to my podcast that I love the quarterback position, but this is going to be what's going to make training camp really, really exciting. But that's not it. I'm also excited about who, the backup running backs. The Steelers have not gone out and been players in the free agent market in terms of a veteran running back. They seem to be a team that says we're fine with Benny Snell Jr., we're fine with Anthony, Anthony McFarland. Maybe there's an undrafted rookie free agent, Mateo Durant, or someone like that that can come in and play. They're not seemingly interested in bringing in someone else. And so that makes me intrigued with how does Benny Snell look? How does Anthony McFarland look? Are they players that could somehow, some way, spell Najee Harris and relieve some of the workload off of him? That's going to be something to watch. The offensive line in and of itself – what is going to be the combination? We all assume that Dan Moore and Chuk Sikorafor are going to be the bookend t- uh, tackles. But in between that, maybe you could say you could pencil in James Daniels at right guard. But at center, Mason Cole, Kendrick Green, no one knows. Left guard, you would think that you should be able to pencil in Kevin Dotson. But in reality, maybe Kendrick Green is going to battle for that left guard spot. Who knows how this is going to pan out. And it's going to be exciting to watch the offensive line, which combination of the front five is the combination that's going to start in week one when the Steelers head to Paul Brown Stadium and play the Cincinnati Bengals. Also, the wide receiver position. You have Deontay Johnson. You have Chase Claypool. You have Miles Boykin. Gunnar Olszewski. You have the two rookies in in Calvin Austin III and George Pickens. All of those players, 25 or younger, an extremely young wide receiver group. And I wrote an article for the website BehindTheSteelCurtain.com on Monday, and it was all about Chase Claypool and his quotes about he wants to step up and be the leader. He wants to step up and be that guy for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the wide receivers. That's what he wants. And you know what? I'm fine with that. I am 100% fine with that. If he can mature, and the the players on that roster are going to follow him, then he just better he better use that power wisely. We'll put it that way. But the wide receivers, it, seeing how like George Pickens and Calvin Austin get acclimated to the NFL game, that's going to be a huge storyline to watch as well. So you look at those four on offense, the quarterback competition, the backup running backs, the offensive line, and the wide receivers. There's a plenty to watch right there. But then you go to the defensive side of the ball. 
the Stefan Tua replacement, and it's not going to be just one guy, but who are who and how are they going to do it? What is their plan? That'll start to be coming around with training camp as they get closer. The outside linebacker depth. You know, if you listen to Jeffrey Benedict's uh, from the cutting room floor on Tuesday morning, great podcast all about the outside linebacker position. He talked about Derek Tushka. He talked about uh, Jannard Avery. He talked about Tuzar Skipper, some undrafted players. And, of course, he talked about Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt. But when you listen to that, you're thinking to yourself, wow, they don't have a lot of depth at outside linebacker. And who's going to step up? I mean, Lord forbid something were to happen to TJ Watt or to Alex Highsmith, and they were to be lost for, I don't know, six or more games. What would the Steelers, what are they going to do? So this is a, that's a situation that is definitely worth keeping an eye on. You look at the secondary. No one says, I mean, I, I listened to Andrew Wilbar. He said it again, and, and Jeremy Betts on the Steelers Fix Tuesday at noon, that podcast, if you check that out. I'm sorry, yes, Tuesday at noon. I get my days mixed up sometimes. But still, at Tuesday at noon, they, they said, well, I don't think the Steelers have a cornerback one on their roster. They just have a bunch of quarterback twos. Well, is that going to be good enough? Or is someone going to step up and be that cornerback one? Maybe it's a Levi Wallace. Maybe it's a Kello Witherspoon. I don't know. Maybe it's even a Cam Sutton. Maybe it's someone that's not even on the roster. That is a possibility with the salary cap space they have remaining. But the cornerbacks and how they utilize them and, and all this stuff is going to be so new and so interesting without Joe Hayden and things of that nature. Lastly, the trio of safeties in the back end, whether it's DeMonte Kazee, whether it is uh, obviously, Minka Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds is back. How do they utilize them? What is what are the roles? You know, is Terrell Edmonds going to be more of a slot guy playing the line of scrimmage? Is KZ going to be the center fielder? Is Minka Fitzpatrick, with those two players being deployed in those roles, is he going to be able to do what he does best, and that is work the middle of the field, bait quarterbacks into throws, and take the ball away? These facets on defense are all going to make training camp absolutely must watch and then there's other factors here too and that that's the thing I'm sure there's a lot of fans are listening to the show right now and thinking Jeff you could talk about these storylines these narratives whatever you want to call them every year because in every single team has these and I'm not debating that whatsoever first I'm only talking about the Steelers second I think that these storylines and narratives are season altering narratives this isn't just Who's going to win the backup running back spot? Who's going to be the swing tackle? No, this is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about offensively and defensively, things that can equate to wins and losses. So when you took a look at the defensive side, the, whoever is replacing Stefan Tuitt, whoever that is, how, do you, how does that work? Also, the outside linebacker depth, the cornerbacks, the safeties, this all matters. But there's even more. It's kind of like an infomercial. But wait, there's more. Matt Canada's offense. We finally get a, a glimpse of Matt Canada's offense, or we think what Matt Canada's offense should really look like. The Steelers spent a lot of money. They spent a lot of draft picks and draft capital on players and pieces of Matt Canada's overall puzzle that everyone's saying, this is what it should look like now. Well, we're going to get a first-hand look at that in training camp. This isn't, well, he doesn't have the pieces, or Ben Roethlisberger is not willing to do everything that's required in a Matt Canada offense. This is not that, that's not that anymore. It's that, that, simple as that. So Matt Canada's offense is going to be must-watch. Also, Terrell Austin's defense, while we all talk about Matt Canada almost ad nauseum, 
we also sometimes forget that there's a new defensive coordinator. You know, Keith Butler was the defensive coordinator. He was a genius at sculpting the front seven and putting pressure on the quarterback. And Austin was typically the secondary guy. He's still the secondary guy. And then you add in this caveat of Brian Flores and what is the defense going to look like? We all want to guess. We all want to think about it and predict, but we don't know. It could look vastly different, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's another reason why I'm extremely excited for training camp. And then there's the last two pieces of the puzzle. When you talk about no Ben Roethlisberger for the first time since 2004, I mean, that's a, that's a big thing. Like, that's a big deal. It's a big deal in a lot of ways. It's a big deal in the fact that the Steelers are missing that face, that leader, it's a big deal that he his presence, and, and he did have a presence about the team, is not going to be there. Also, no Kevin Colbert. Omar Khan's first training camp as the Steelers' general manager. Andy Weedle, Sheldon White, all these new personnel people. It is going to be their first time, not just at St. Vincent College, but at, in their roles with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's kind of a changing of the guard, and it's going to be on display. And it's all really going to start at training camp. And so all those reasons, if you weren't excited for training camp yet, and I just went through all of that, I'm talking over 10 bullet points for why this training camp is not just a couple camp battles here or there. Not a couple, oh, well, who's going to be the depth at this position or that position? I'm talking about things that are huge Huge deals for this Pittsburgh Steelers team in 2022. If this doesn't get you jacked up for training camp, then you and I are not the same type of fan. Because I I see this, I go over this, I talk about this, and I get very, very excited. I, this gets me really amped up for July 27th, the Steelers' first workout at St. Vincent College. What else gets me worked up, though, is the Ride or Die Cruise questions. That's right in the second half like we always do. It's mailbag time. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this break. Steeler fans, welcome back to the second segment. It's mailbag time. It's Wednesday. My ride or die crew, you all pull through like you do every week. In case you're wondering, how do I get Jeff to answer a question? Don't email me. Don't send me a direct message on Twitter. You have to follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. Reply to my tweet that goes out every Tuesday around noon, and I will answer every single one here we go let's get things started off right with heath davis he said jeff i couldn't think of a good question this week so you'll get two bad questions instead thank you very much heath he said do we pull the old wing bang boom and send rudolph to jacksonville for a late round pick and then will you sign my petition to get the lombardi trophy changed into a championship belt okay first do they pull the old wing wang wing bang boom and send rudolph to jacksonville only if the other two quarterbacks look like they have everything on lockdown, and that includes Chris Oladokun also performing well enough that he would have to be the QB3 on the roster. I think that's the only way you see Mason Rudolph traded. If there's a hint of doubt, they're not going to move him. Will I sign the petition? No, I'm not going to sign your petition because the championship belts are cool and all, but 
I just think there's something about that Lombardi trophy that looks really awesome. Heath Davis asks another one. Would you rather get a tattoo of TJ Watt holding a sign that says, quote, stairway to seven on it for free or get paid $5,000 to get a tattoo of Jordan Berry signing a Steelers contract? The tattoos must be visible at all times. Uh, I am not a tattoo guy. I I've, I don't have it. There's not a tattoo. Dot of ink on my body, and there never will be. Um, I just have never been into tattoos. My, my wife has a couple tattoos. I really don't care if other people get them, but for me, it's just way too permanent. I would never get TJ Watt or Jordan Berry on my body, so therefore, I cannot even try and answer that. I, I that's just that's a horrible question, just for me. All right, Brian Haynes asked several. Here we go. He said, "You have a choice. You never see another Steelers playoff win in your lifetime." Or you never golf again. Which he which evicting do you choose? Okay. I can never see or I never golf. So anyone that listens to my show and for any length of time knows that golf is very near and dear to my heart. And I enjoy it. And it's now entering a whole new stratosphere with me teaching my children how to golf. And so I would say that, yeah, I would choose my family and something that has been in my family for a very long time that's very important to our family over uh, a team and a game that I have no say over. So I'm going to choose golf in that situation. Brian says, what's your favorite vacation spot for the family? So growing up in Wheeling, and I don't know why this is the way that it is, everyone, it seems like everyone, I should say, in the northern panhandle of West Virginia always makes the longest trek ever to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I grew up going to Myrtle Beach. We would golf in Myrtle Beach. Um, We would drive all the way down there, whether it was North Myrtle, we stayed in Cherry Grove, we stayed in Surfside, we stayed in Myrtle Beach before. And it wasn't until I had my own children that I said, why are we driving this far? And so now we have kind of anchored down and every summer we go to the Outer Banks. I love the north side of the the Outer Banks, whether it's uh, Southern Shores, Duck, Corolla, all of them are awesome. Heading back there again at the end of July this year. Really excited for that. So that's our favorite vacation spot right now. Also, what do you think of the BJ Finney retirement? See, that's that's a good point. And, and thank Brian for bringing that up because I forgot to mention it in the news section that BJ Finney did announce that he is retiring from football. Uh, the injuries, I guess, that he sustained last season and maybe even with Seattle. You have to remember when he left Pittsburgh via free agency, he went to Seattle, didn't last there, went to Cincinnati. They cut him. He comes back to Pittsburgh. It doesn't work out. Um, I guess he sustained some type of neck injury or back injury. It could be kind of one in the same, depending on the vertebrae and where, where you're talking about the injury. But for from him, I, he was a great, I mean, I, was, I will never forget. He was a Kansas State product. And I remember when he signed his undrafted free agent contract with the Steelers, he grew up a Steelers fan. And his family's reaction was absolutely, it was just memorable. It's one of those things, you know, he was wearing a big old cowboy hat, and he was had the Kansas State. And he, when he found out that he was going to be a, a member of the Steelers, his childhood team, like you just don't forget those things. So I wish B.J. Finney nothing of the best. I hope he's healthy. And... um yeah, he was a great player for the Steelers, even though it was a backup role. Brian also asks, if you could extend one wide receiver, but it meant the other would be let go, would you choose Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool? This is interesting. So 
they're in different stages of their career that's important based on contract status and things like that. If I had to pick one, though, to me, George Pickens can do what Chase Claypool typically does. And so I would actually sign Deontay Johnson if the other would have to go. And Deontay Johnson, I think he does have a skill set that is valuable. And it's just I'm not sold on what he's going to do uh, without Ben Roethlisberger and in this new Matt Canada offense. So there's still a lot yet to be seen. I do like Chase Claypool. Do not take the answer of me saying Deontay Johnson as a cut against Chase Claypool. That is not the case. I like both of these guys. I think they're both going to have big years. But if I had to choose one, I'll go with DJ. Cheeseball10. He says, Jeff, who do you like to make a significant jump coming into the 2022 season? Not just players going into their sophomore season like Najee Harris or Pat Fryermuth, but a guy that is poised for a breakout that others might not be looking at. So I'll give you a player. I just talked about him. I think Chase Claypool is going to have one heck of a season. I think that a lot of people have kind of written him off. Great, great rookie campaign by all accounts, was a disappointing sophomore season. And it's not that he was horrible, but he just didn't live up to the hype that we, the fans, put on him. I think that he could have a great season, and I mean a really big season. Could be a breakout campaign for him. That's who I'm going to pick, and that's a great question. Brisburg Owen, our friend from across the pond, he said, uh, Ride or Die Crew and BTSC Forever, two questions. Which Steelers player do you think on the offense has the biggest breakout year? Chase Claypool for me, for how he seems to be growing up in his undoubted talent. I mentioned how Chase Claypool seems to be the leader for those wide receivers. You know, when Deontay Johnson didn't show up in week one of phase three of OTAs, it was Chase Claypool that said, you know what? I will lead the group. I'll be the guy. I'll answer the questions. I'll show you how it's done. And sometimes players need that. They need that power they need that the other people looking to them he's the he was the guy the last two years that was always probably picking Juju Smith-Schuster's brain probably leaning on even James Washington and maybe sometimes Ray Ray McLeod now he's the guy that people are coming to and they're asking him questions I'm going to agree with you and say Chase Claypool and not just because that's obviously what I just said in the previous question. Also, Britsburg Owen says, what are some great places to live in Pennsylvania? So Pennsylvania, uh, I've never lived in Pennsylvania, but if you're in the western part of the state and you're wanting to stay around Pittsburgh, um, I've always, you know, Washington, PA is a great spot that is only, I don't know, 25, 20 minutes away from Pittsburgh. If you want to get closer, uh, there's a bunch of different suburbs around Pittsburgh that are really nice. You can get into the city easily. There's a million different ways to get into the city. Um, Western Pennsylvania is a beautiful part of the state. It is uh, typically the people that live there are great, especially if you're a Steeler fan. Uh, But, yeah, you just have to go and check it out. I know that you've been talking about possibly moving over to the states. All right, Southside Doc says, if the Steelers were going to change organizational direction and go all out on winning a Super Bowl, i.e. like the Rams have done. What moves would the team make to theoretically push them over the top? So the moves that the Rams made, I'm thinking back in almost all of those moves outside of the Jared Goff trade with Detroit, and even that still involved one thing, future draft capital. They were saying, we don't care about the draft capital. They being the Rams, we don't care about our picks, and that 
I think their GM had the shirt on at the Super Bowl parade that said F them picks. So it's one of those things where that would that would be the moves that the Steelers would have to make. They would trade draft capital for players they felt would put them over the top right now. And so you mortgage your future for the right now. And the Rams are going to live in that now until players like Matthew Stafford and Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, even though he just got a new extension, until they're gone. And when those players are gone, they're going to look and say, we've got nothing left. The problem would, or the only caveat to that would be, well, if they've won two Super Bowls or, or more, then it was worth it. So that's what would happen, in my opinion. Will Caldwell, hey, Jeff, what game are you looking most forward to and why? He says, right now I'm looking at the week after the bye. I think if Pickett hasn't won the starting role out of camp and they wanted to switch to him this season, it's there. Well, let me look at my schedule here. Have that written down. Which game am I looking forward to the most? All right. Okay. Um, The one game I'm looking forward to the most. I've got to be honest here. I'm going to go in the second half of the season, and I'm going to go – with the Baltimore game. And I, it's probably because I live in Maryland, if I'm being 100% honest with you all. These games against the Ravens mean so much more than just a divisional game. Uh, it's a chance for me to wear Steelers stuff around, whether it's at my other job, to talk trash, all that stuff. And the fact that the Steelers haven't lost to the Ravens since 2019 when Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges were the quarterback, is something I absolutely adore. And so I'm going to say that it's that uh, week 14 game at Heinz Field against the Ravens. That's a game I'm most looking forward to. We'll ask another one. Thanks for your Sunday article on Stefan Tuit. With roughly $20 million in cap left, are you taking the over or under for $14 million that they use with rookies included? For reference, the rookie should take about $8 million of that twenty. So Dave Schofield's always said, round it up to $10. $10 million for your rookie class. So I don't think they spend a lot of that money. The longer it happens, the longer I think about it, even if they were to sign someone outside the organization, I don't think Omar Khan is going to give them a contract that's going to take up a huge chunk of their salary cap space. He's too smart for that. So for me, I think that they're going to have plenty of cap space to roll over and or to have for injuries. All right, Daily Joint Co. uh, says, Jeff, do you have a favorite lacrosse team slash player? It doesn't have to be current because I won't know any of them. Um, (laughs) He asked another question. So lacrosse audience is first. So – I just love the game of lacrosse. And when I was first learning it, like the Powell brothers obviously were really, really big in Syracuse. Um, Millen, who played for the Baltimore Bayhawks, which was really cool. I got to go to a lot of those games when I was in college. Um, Mark Millen, you didn't even know if that guy was right or left-handed. That's how good he was. And so when I watched those guys play, and that, that's kind of like the older generation. You talk about Gary, the Gates, uh, just really, really old school across. I love those guys. Uh, favorite team, I don't really have a favorite team. Uh, it's just I just loved watching the game. He said, also, if the Steelers were to go out and get only one player before the start of the season, what position would you like that player to be? I've said it before, I'll say it again, I think it's running back. I would like them to go out and get a veteran running back and just give them someone proven. That's all I want. Benny Snell, to me, is not proven. Anthony McFarland is the furthest thing from proven. Give me someone that has has been a proven commodity. That's what I want. Eric Askew says, New York style or Chicago style pizza? 
And do you think pineapple should be banned from all pizzerias? And then he says, hashtag slime time crew. No slime time. No sl- you don't need SpongeBob SquarePants stupid face between a field goal post to like the game of football. But I digress. I'm not getting into that. He's trying to bait me into that debate, that rant. So I'm going to take New York style over Chicago. Uh, I've never tried Detroit style. I want to try that. I've heard it's different. And I, I got to be honest, I everyone's like, oh my gosh. Yes, I like a Hawaiian pizza. Ham and pineapple is really good. The first time I had it, I'll never forget this. Uh, I was a freshman in college. My biological brother, who's also a fraternity brother, we're in the same fraternity, uh, he invited me over to his house, and he's like, hey, I'm just ordering a pizza. We ordered it. He's like, have you ever had a Hawaiian pizza? And I said, no, I've never had that. He's like, you got to try it. So he ordered a large from Domino's, and it came, and I was like, man, this is awesome. And yeah, so Kyle Christ of What Yin's Talking About gave a gif and below to that Eric ask you question, and it's uh, SpongeBob SquarePants' fat face that says banned. I disagree. I'm fine. If you want pineapple, have yourself some pineapple on your pizza. I don't care. And then Aiden Blaine says, hey, Jeff, have you ever considered selling Ride or Die Crew t-shirts? I think we need to make that happen. So, okay, here's the thing on this. I do want to do this. I really do. I have a cousin and he owns a t-shirt printing company. I'm going to see him in a couple weeks when I go back to play in a scramble back home in Wheeling. And I'm going to talk to him about this. And I'm going to say, like, hey, can we do this? Even though he's in Wheeling and I'm in Maryland, can we make this happen? Do you, you know, would you be able to ship stuff? Like all that stuff. Can we sell it? Do you have a link? Let's get a little store going. And if we can make it happen, I will make it happen. In the meantime, if you're listening to this, if you have, if you're someone that loves to make a design, it doesn't have to be sophisticated, but I think it'd be really cool to have like a black t-shirt with Ride or Die Crew, but the Ride or Die Crew might be in, in you know, gold and white words, like Ride or Die Crew or something. I think about it. Send me some stuff on Twitter. I'd love to see it. And if we can get a good design, I'll make it happen. And not only that, maybe some other stuff like Nerds of Steel uh, with for Dave Schofield's Stat Geek crew. Um, I'd love to do that. We can do that. I'm going to try. By the, by the start of the season, I'm going to try. All right, Johnny Bravo, he says, Jeff, you look like Buzz Lightyear on the Steelers preview show with that hoodie. Uh, Are you going to take the kids to see the new Lightyear movie? So he's referring to, remember a couple weeks ago, I said on this show, Let's Ride, Wednesday show, if someone were to get me one of those hoods, those George Pickett hood, that I would wear it on the Steelers preview, which you can see live on YouTube, up until the start of the regular season. And lo and behold, Dave Schofield bought me one. And so I've worn it every single week. And they tell me to stop, but I'm not going to stop because I'm a man of my word. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Um, so it's funny. And they always laugh. That's why they say to stop doing it. Um, a shysty hood, I think is what they call it. So that's shysty Jeff when I'm on the Steelers preview. Am I going to take my kids? No, I'm, that, believe it or not, Toy Story. My kids love all animated movies. They have never been attracted to toy story they just don't like it that much i so i don't i haven't seen them all of them and they have no desire to go see what your i think that's what's called none so no that probably won't happen last question nathan vance like i'm a big fan of your i know you're nathan i know you're not related to andy vance like because i think we talked about this one time on a live show on youtube uh but andy vance like was my favorite ball player of all time for the Pittsburgh Pirates. He said, hey, Jeff, if you were to pick one Marvel character to play for the Steelers, who would it be and what position would they play? Uh, Marvel. I'm trying to think of which characters are Marvel and DC and all this stuff. 
I don't know. I can't answer it. I'm not really a comic book guy. And T.J. Watt would be better than all of them. So there you go. We're going to end it with that. I'm just not into that type of stuff. I, I just There's too much going on. But anyways, great questions as always. I appreciate it. Make sure you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your mandatory minicamp news regarding the Steelers and even other news. So like that B.J. Finney retirement, we had that article before anyone else anyone else had it so make sure that's your one-stop shop for all things pittsburgh steelers and you know how we finish it out here folks be safe be kind and god bless have a great rest of your week i'll be back on friday with jeremy betts jerome he'll be talking all things steelers have a great day have a great week we'll see you all